This is the Snake on a Stick podcast. Our goal is to better connect students with scripture by unpacking the main ideas and discussing the best ways to apply those ideas to our lives today. I'm Dexter. I'm Caleb. And I'm David. And we're Snake on a Stick. Today, we're talking about your boy Gideon. Your boy Gideon. And he was very boyish. Oh, you don't like Gideon. We already know. We just talked about that. You're not a huge Gideon fan. Me? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. It's true. Dexter is not a fan of Gideon. In the same way, David does not like Jonah. I do not like Jonah. Dexter does not like Gideon. Ah. But I have better reason. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Jonah either. Jonah's way worse than Gideon. Jonah's a terrible. Yeah, he's 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 a worse prophet than Gideon. We all dislike Jonah. I don't know if we should say that too much because he probably was a good guy, but he just didn't do a very good job in his story. Yes. In his book. Recording scripture we have of Jonah. Right. It's not good. Yeah. But Gideon has like three chapters. And Gideon does all right. But I mean, he also has some mistakes. And what I don't like is he just, his constant need of confirmation from God, I feel like. Come well, on, that means Dexter hates on. every other Christian around. If I got a third or a half of what, <laughs> if I got a third or a half of the, the talk from God that Gideon got, I'd be, I don't know. Yep. A little better off. I would do. I would know what he was wanting me to do for sure, and I would go do it. Okay. So I let's set, set the stage a little him. bit Are then. Are you sure you want me to do this, God? Are yeah. you sure? Yeah. So yeah. we'll jump into the story and, and talk about exactly what, what's going on in Israel. And if you know maybe a little bit of biblical background, this is during the time of Judges, and there's quite a few Judges, and you can read about them in the book of Judges. Which is a fantastic book to read. If you like it is action and weirdness. Crazy stories. That's the book to read. Judges. True. But they're kind of like God's assassins. Sort of, but it's God's hitmen. I don't know. It's just a weird book, but it is kind yeah. of fun to read. Yeah. Judges is that book that you read, and it kind of doesn't make sense, and you just kind of see that the people of God continue going down the toilet, as are it were. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. like, when kids are like, hey, I don't, I don't know what to read. I don't really like reading the Bible. I'm like, why don't you like reading the Bible? They're like, oh, it's just kind of boring. I'm like, what kind of stuff do you like? What kind of movies do you like? They're like, oh, I like, I don't know, action movies. I'm like, okay. Let's read some action stuff then. But the Bible didn't have any action. I'm like, oh, you're wrong. Shamgar. I said, one, you could read the story of David, which is, well, his whole story has got some action in and out of it. But Judges has some crazy action, and Joshua as well. The only limit is your imagination. That's exactly right. Sometimes maybe you do want to limit that, because it gets crazy in Israel. It, it surely does. And what happened in Israel did not stay in Israel. You are right on so many levels. Correct. Setting the stage then, you have a, a series through the judges of, of people groups who are oppressing the, uh, the people of Israel. And during the story of uh, Gideon here, uh, the people who are oppressing Israel at this time are the Midianites. And what we read is that the Israelites, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So Always. the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years, and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. So we check this out. It, it's a little bit different than some of the other stories we've talked about where there's an army of God that's standing to, to fight these people. Essentially, Midian has done such a good job at oppressing Israel that instead of fighting or instead of doing any of that stuff, it's okay, we're just going to hide in mountains and caves yeah. and strongholds because we can't do anything about this. And 
They're afraid because whenever Israelite planted crops, and starting in chapter 3, the Midianites, Amalekites, and people of the east came, attacked them. They encamped against them, destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. So essentially, Midian, the way that they're oppressing Israel is they're destroying every form of uh, commerce, economics that the people of Israel have at all, to the, to the point where they just have to hide. They have to try and keep what little they have, because if they don't, these locusts are going to come in and just, again, lay waste to it, as it says. Like, Not real locusts, but Midianites. Figure, yeah. And yeah. Amalekites. Basically, the Israelites have to be invisible. Pretend they're not there. Because if the Midianites see them, they're going to take destroy us. everything they have. Or at least take it. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, you plant a garden? That's mine now. Thank you. Yeah. And then it's crazy because the story doesn't even necessarily begin with Gideon. You get into the fact, okay, God hears the cries of the Israelite people. Oh, help us. And then uh, the Lord sends a prophet to them. I don't It doesn't say. It doesn't say what the name prophet of the prophet is. is. It just says a prophet. We could probably and, say it wasn't Jonah for sure. Yeah, it was not Jonah. <laughs> He sends this prophet. Before his time. And, and this is all the prophet says. It's recorded here in the last half of verse 8 all the way to verse 10. This is all he says. It says, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I rescued you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. Uh, okay. Oh, when did we not do that? So, yeah, so the prophet's oh, yes. like, we, I, set, I set you free from Egypt. I and I told you, you what land. to do, and yeah. you didn't do it. And that's why you are where you are. What are you? So, you are. that's, that's on the you. prophet. <laughs> it's like, Israel, this is on you. God answered your prayers. Man, could, could you imagine if that God left you there? Just left you in like just here's left why you're you where you punished. where you where you, where you were like yeah. if he just took those the Israelites say you know what I've done my best uh, and you keep going backwards so see ya I'm gonna go choose someone else it's almost like yeah. I listened to you but you failed to listen to me right so you're gonna have to learn to be okay with this because this is what happens when you don't listen right. yeah yeah it's like that parent that just continue yeah. like here's the consequences of your actions sometimes I feel like God's saying you know like parents are like right, one you better come here two to yeah. and if I get to three, <laughs> and God just keeps adding like fractions yeah. to his I feel like two and a half, two and three quarters. He gets to three in Noah's ark in <laughs> Noah's right, story, but, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, don't want to really do that again." So the rest of the story of Judges is the like, "Okay, I'm like, like two and fifteen sixteenths right now." Okay, but right <laughs> yeah. after what yeah. you just read, we do find out that God is doing something, and I think that's yeah. important too. Like, God has you know had it up to here with the Israelites and. He's not happy with them, but, and he sent them a message, you know, telling them, hey, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do. But at the same time, he's like, also, he's for them. And he's yeah. got a plan in motion to ultimately yeah. help them out. And that's, I think it's like, kind of going back to the parent thing. That's what mm-hmm. a parent would do too. Like, hey, I'm getting on to you, but I still love you. And yeah. we can work through this. Yeah. And but, so again, yeah. again, he sends someone to help. Okay. But like, the weird thing, you're like, you're like, like you're saying, Dexter, like, like, God's like, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. And while you're going to go through some of this garbage, 
we're going to come out of it. But most people, when they hit the garbage, they get so stuck. Like, it's like they don't cry out. No. Right? Like, at least the Israelites cried out. Yeah. You and, know, I, know, I feel like I noticed that with people, like, when they, hit the, when they hit the hard parts and they feel like maybe the Israelites, in the whatever way they want to feel that way, they don't want to, like, cry out. They're just like, oh, God hates me. He's going to leave me here. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah. Israelites, even when they got to that part, they're like, oh, only God can save us. Well, if you would have lived like only God can save you, you wouldn't be in the situation. You wouldn't be in the situation. Yeah. So. And so yeah. it's, it's kind of like, I mean, like you were saying, the way we are today, not always, when we, when we hit rock bottom, we don't always go, oh, God, you're the only one that can save me. We usually just kind of go, yeah, like I'm this way because I'm bad and God's punishing mm-hmm. me. Right. We, we stay in the, the reason that you're dealing with this stuff. And again, I'm not saying that anything that happens to you is because like God is punishing you in the same way that he's punishing Israel in this text or in this story. Right, right, right. Um, but maybe. <laughs> Possibilities, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we sit there and we sit in that and we don't turn to God. We just essentially take our lumps and say, yeah, it's because I'm a failure. Right, we don't cry out. It's okay to cry out. But you said that God sent somebody, and verse 11 there, chapter 6, this interesting phrase, the angel of the Lord came. And that's all, just that phrase alone is pretty interesting because we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, but let's just, this is what the, what the word is, what the theophany? Is that what the, the word is? Yeah. Like this yeah. vision of Jesus? Yeah, angel of the Lord. Is, so it's, this is literally is God? Is more most likely Jesus. God? Is it Jesus? Yeah. Here in some sort of human form or appears the first time in the story of Abraham. Tangible sat form. Down, sat down under the oak that belonged to Joash. I wonder if that oak's still there. It's been, <laughs> been a while. Maybe a few thousand years. Yeah. But I don't see why not. It'd be huge. So the angel's sitting there by this oak tree. In Ophra, <laughs> and he's <laughs> and he's just kind of probably just looking at Gideon right now. And Gideon is in this awkward place. He is what? What is he doing? He's threshing wheat in a wine press. In a wine press should have been like a pit in the ground. Well, yeah, yeah. so and he can toss the wheat up and thresh it without anyone seeing him. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but the whole point of a threshing floor is that you can you're on top of a hill. Yeah, so the wind so the wind will carry out the shaft, the kernel yeah. away. And so, so here he is again. Remember, we talked about it already. The Midianites would come and take their stuff if they saw them. So he's in this weird place, kind of an embarrassing place. Because if you walked up and you saw him threshing wheat in a wine press, you'd be like, Gideon, you're doing it all wrong. You're an idiot. He probably has to feel that way. This is weird. Yeah, have you ever done something like in the middle of doing it? You're like, eh, this is pretty stupid. I'm not doing this right. (laughs) Or something. I, I, yeah, I can't give you a for sure example, but I know I've done something where I'm like, wait a minute, something this is or something you just feel like silly about. This is not right. Like, whatever I'm doing, I think I was putting something together one time, and I'm like, this does not make any sense. I looked at the instructions, and I'm like, nope, I did it backwards. Anything you build from IKEA, <laughs> so, an IKEA the thing. dumbest thing I ever did was our washer. The dumbest thing? Well, okay, maybe okay. not the dumbest. Okay, but okay. The, the the thing I'm thinking of right now, as okay. far as this relates was I, our washer, and it had like this hole and there was a screw and so I took the screw out and I thought the problem was and that it was the door wouldn't like latch shut, like it wouldn't mm-hmm. shut. Mm-hmm. And I 
thought the problem was because this thing wasn't being like screwed in or pushed in right. So I was like messing with it. <clears throat> and it just needed like a new latch mechanism, which I, so I had to go buy the latch mechanism and replace it and realized that what I was doing when I was screwing was basically like destroying what was left of the latch mechanism that was already there. Like <laughs> I, I was not in any way helping Help this door stay shut. Uh, but I thought that I was and then realized, yeah, no, I wasn't. All right. So, so here's, so here's Gideon and he's threshing wheat in, in a wine press. Totally wrong and not the right place to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he's scared. He's, he's hiding he's, it. He's nervous. Yeah let, let's, yeah. let's clarify that. He's not like he's an idiot. Yeah. He's just scared. Scared of whiny people. man in a wine press. <laughs> That's Gideon. This is that's, the, this is why Dexter doesn't like Gideon. Dexter's view of Gideon. Uh, he's a scared whiny he's man. Whiny in a wine press. In a wine press, making this stuff up. And all of a sudden, because he's kind of scared, <laughs> the angel of the Lord calls out to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> that encouraging thing. You call him by something you by hope they you will hope be. They be. Yeah, <laughs> like live, live up to this name. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. He called him what he really was right then. Be like, or what know, he would be for sure. Lord is yeah. with you, you pansy. Get up <laughs> yeah. out of that wine press. <laughs> Essentially, right? And, it, and it's not. And it's not. I mean, sometimes when I read it, I almost interpret it as like the, the Lord is with you, you valiant warrior. Like it's like this sarcasm that Gideon's supposed to catch on cut, to. cut to it. But I think really what the first thing Dexter said is accurate. That it's this this calling out of of really what God is calling you to in this sure. moment. What he will be, but yeah. you have to admit though, like if Gideon's there, he's stomping uh, on all the wheat. He hears the voice. He looks up, like, "What? Who else is here? Like, is there anybody <laughs> else here?" No, yeah, I was trying to, to hide. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to look around. He sees the guy talking to him. He's like, "You must not be talking to me because I am I not. not. <laughs> I am not a mighty warrior. <laughs> yeah. Must be somewhere up. It's a mightier warrior. <laughs> somebody, somebody here, here that I don't see right now." Yeah. And then the crazy part, right after that, and I think it's the question that, that a lot of us ask pretty frequently, uh, Gideon says to that response, like, if the Lord is with me, then why has all this happened to me? Like, why am I in this pit, in this wine press, threshing this wheat because I'm scared? Like, why is Midian able to do this stuff? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us, handed us over to Midian. I think that that's what we were talking about earlier. Earlier, um, we kind of say, "Okay, well, well, why am I stuck in this junk right. then? Sure. Why am I stuck here?" Sure, and I think I think it's interesting how he says that. Like, he he hears this whole phrase, "The Lord's with you, mighty warrior," and he catches the first part of that. Well, it's Lord's with part. us. Yeah. Then why? And I like what he says because we've talked about it in previous podcasts too. Of like, he's heard the wonders of God. He's heard all those stories, which I th- I I think is a huge part. Of, of growing up a believer of God is hearing those stories and remembering those stories and retelling those stories over and over again. He knows those stories. He's yeah. like, if God is with us, then why are we like this? Yeah, I but know if, about you taking us out of Egypt. Right, like, but if he knows those stories, he should know why they are the way they are right now. But I think it's funny. He didn't catch the mighty warrior part first. He catches, well, if God's really with us, yeah, then why? To, I like what you were saying there. Like A lot of times we want to point the finger at God like mm. he's let us down as opposed to working on working on that ourselves a yeah. little bit mm. opposed to understanding like because you didn't obey me yeah mm-hmm. that, that Israel, whole part like, God the, what the prophet told you earlier 
which we don't know the distance between when the prophet goes right. and says this and when Gideon actually hears it. But Gideon probably did hear the prophet say, like, the reason this is happening is because you did not obey me. Right. Yeah. And so I find that interesting because, because even Gideon will say what verse 13 he says, but now the Lord has abandoned us and have put us into the hand, in the hand of Midian. So, like, even Gideon, he's like, okay, you said the Lord be with us, or Lord with us, but he's not here. Matter of fact, he's so not here, he's abandoned us into our enemy. So, I don't know who you are saying the Lord's with you, but he's not. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really heavy statement. He's not. He's not there. In verse 14, you keep going. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. And how much strength does he have, Dexter? How much strength does who have? Gideon. Gideon? Well, if he's got the Lord's strength, he's got plenty. On his own, I don't know. Maybe he's having a hard time tossing that wheat in the air. (laughs) 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 Yeah, who knows? Well, he he replies to that, right? Verse 15. Yeah. Pardon me, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So here's the thing, though, in the first part. He says, am I not sending you? It's almost like Gideon missed, like, hey, this is, like, you're worried about why you're in the situation. That's why I'm here, like, to help you guys get out of this situation. Are you missing that? And he's like, well, you, you can't be sending me. Like, there's plenty of other people better, more suited than, than I am to yeah. go and set us free from Midian. Yeah. I'm almost reminded of Moses in that moment of like, well, surely yeah. it's not me. Like I've killed the Egyptian. I'm not. Yeah. Don't send sp- me. I don't speak well. He's like, well, fine. Here. I'll give you Aaron. And he's just yeah. like, and it is kind of similar. You're just making excuse after like, I'm oh, yeah. the least pick somebody better. I don't speak well. Well, I, I'll send someone to speak for you. It's fine. I'm not even impressed by me. <laughs> <laughs> when I look in the mirror, I want to see someone else. Yeah. But again, you know, it's the consistent story of God. Like God calls David the youngest in this family. Like he calls the one you you least expect. Right. And that's a big part of it. And I think that's the beauty of, uh, of Gideon's story as we, as we unfold it is he is not what we'd expect a man of God to look like or to be like at this point, but he's exactly what the man of God is supposed to be like. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not. Anything you're saying, I am. I'm not a mighty warrior at all. I'm not a leader. And God's like, oh, that's the attitude I need. I can use that. Is someone who says, I'm not, but when they believe God can, makes all the difference. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah. I mean, and then you can see that throughout this right. story. Like, yeah. that's kind of, you are not enough. Like, the people that you have in this situation are not enough, but I am. And, I'm going to take care of things and I'm going to use you mm-hmm. because if I picked, you know, I don't know that somebody better, somebody, uh, yeah, some Arnold Schwarzenegger looking character over there from the tribe of Judah or something. Everyone would, oh, yeah, everyone would be sense. like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's a really smart, strong dude. Yeah. He, Good choice, he would be God. the one, to take, us, the be one, the one to take us against Midian. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing Samuel does, right? When he sees uh, David's older brother with yeah. Eliab. It's like, yeah. oh, this guy, he's it's gotta be him. He's one. a big, strong boy. Yeah, yeah that's the guy. And well, that was the like, first, uh, 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 when they first get a king in Saul, that's what they, they look choose, for. Yeah. yeah, Tallest guy. They choose, yeah, the big, tall, strong person who so, turns out to have a weak heart and doesn't want to fight. So real quick, like, I don't know, it doesn't really clarify here, but does, does Gideon understand this is an angel of the Lord, this is someone different? Or do you think he's still thinking of this as a regular man? 
Because it doesn't really clarify it all here. I mean, the fact that um, he responds by saying, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Like, he's, he's recognizing... Lord is at least there's authority. Yeah. I mean, he's at least recognizing the authority. Yeah. But I wonder what he thinks he's seen or who this person is at first. I mean, maybe he maybe doesn't clarify in the text, but he does. He knows, like, this is definitely somebody from the God. I mean, in verse 17, well, verse 17 and 18, right, he's going to go away and bring an offering to set before, right. and so, before you, it says. So he sees this person at that point as right. the Lord or somebody worthy of being, having a sacrifice offered to them. And I think, that's, I think that's why we see that in 16. Because it says, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites as if they were but one man. And he's thinking, well, only God can do that then. Like, only, only God can do that. So I think at that point he does understand. But when he first sees him, I don't know that he no. recognizes the man under the tree as something, something super special. Yeah. Maybe just a sarcastic dude mm-hmm. talking to whites, threshing wheat in the wine press. And the angel says, yeah, I'll stay here until you come back. So Gideon goes and he prepares a young goat and unleavened bread from a half bushel of a flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out, offered them to him under the oak tree where he was sitting. The angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone, and pour the broth on it. So he did it. And the angel of the Lord extended the tip of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the bread. Fire came up from the rock, consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Yeah, there you go. There Verse 22. Go. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's an, ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now I'm going to die. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. But still. But the yeah. Lord said, I mean, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So he's not going to die. He's not going to die. No. Maybe he did think it, though, because the angel's got to tell him. I mean, he just watched this fire, fire come out of stone, and then poof, he's gone. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> Was this gift here? not good enough? <laughs> like, like, that'd be the craziest thing. Like, I know we've seen weird things these days. But like, if I was out in the field and I met a guy, or if I lived in the country and had a farm or whatever, and the guy's like, hey... And I felt like I needed to bring him food. And he's like, hey, put that on a rock and watch what happens. And he touches it and poof, fire comes from the rock. And just consumes it. Just so consumes it like it's gone. Like it's, there's nothing left. I'm like, I don't know how I would react, to be honest. And then you turn and the dude who did it. He's gone. like, so yeah. He just starts vanishing. Like, wait, 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 wait. What's, 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 what's happening here? Mm-hmm. So I'd be terrified. I'd probably think he's going to kill me too. Yeah. So then he builds uh, the altar, right? Calls yep. it the Lord is peace. And then he's about to use Gideon as a mighty warrior. But yeah, and so then uh, same night, the Lord tells him to take down the altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it and build a proper kind of altar to the Lord and use the wood of the Asherah pole and then use a bull to offer a burnt sac- to offer a bull burnt offering. So Gideon takes ten of his servants, but because he's afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in daytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the valiant warrior, the mighty is warrior, so strong, who will stand up to anyone when they're not around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what he does. At least he does it. Yeah, it's at true. least he does, does it. it. It's true. Although, I mean, at this point, maybe he did finally have a little bit more fear driven into him by the consuming fire. 
right? Yeah. Like maybe it took yeah. that. It took that to get him to be like, okay, sure. I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Up until then, he's like, in the dark. Come on, God, you haven't done anything for us. And that's a big sign, right? So yeah. I mean, God uses fire all the time to do things. And here he is, nighttime. I'm gonna go cut down this pole. I'm gonna go destroy this this altar, and no one's gonna know it was me. Dun dun dun. Yep. And so the story continues, verse 28. Men of the city get up in the morning. They find Baal's altar torn down, the Asherah pole oh, beside no. it cut down, the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? After they made a thorough investigation, they said, Gideon, son of Joash. I wonder what kind of investigation that was. <laughs> just asking around. Hey, Somebody who did you see just asking around. last night? Just asking around. What did you see last night? Who did you see? Who did this? Oh, it was, uh, it was, uh, who was that Gideon kid? You know Probably. that really scrawny one from Manasseh? Nah. Yeah. He's got like 10 buddies, <laughs> and they just came out here and did it. I yeah, didn't, probably I didn't saw know one of the do. 10 buddies. <laughs> yeah, I saw one out last night. Gideon. <laughs> Gideon. Uh, Gideon. Gideon. The, like the weakest person in that family? Like that kid? Gideon did it. No way he does this stuff. See, no, none of the townspeople are afraid of Gideon, right? They're like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the people of the town demand Joash. Bring out your son. He must die because he's done this horrible thing and broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Oh. And here Gideon stands up for himself like a real man should. Oh, wait, no. Joe Ash replies, it's Gideon's dad. Are you going to plead Bale's case? Are you trying to save him? I just, Whoever fights I, for him shall be put to death by morning. I appreciate Dexter's like consistent disapproval of disapproval Gideon, Gideon every time something happens. stand this kid. And no, he doesn't. Gideon finally steps up and becomes a man. But never, no, never it's mind. Joe Ash. Apparently there's a character shift somewhere, but we don't actually t- totally see that happen. But later on, Gideon does do something well i think when we get to the story of the tents yeah we'll, we'll see a shift in his demeanor yeah so then because of this they give gideon a name right a nickname jerub bale just that pretty cool day, name. saying let bale contend with him yeah and then that's interesting that it's his it's his father's altars that he tears down it's the the altar to uh, Baal and then the Asherah poles and so Joash who's there in the community like he's like would you plead Baal's case for him like if he's the dude who's been offended then he doesn't really need you to do it for him right so whoever pleads this case will be put to death by warning if he is if he is a god let him plead his own case because mm-hmm. someone tore down his altar so I mean on some level uh, Joash is protecting him but he's he's also maybe beginning to recognize that that this really isn't a god deserving of worship, a little g-god. like Possibly, yeah, yeah. He's like saying, well, you know, let, let Baal deal with him. But I feel like, I feel like we, see this, we see the same thing in the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, right? Because like the whole idea is like, all right, let your god do the thing. Yeah. Whatever it might be, whatever the challenge is, let your god do it. We'll see if my god does it. And I think that challenge is still sort of valid today. Like, Whatever you, you deem as your, your item worthy of praise and worship, let's see them take care of all your issues. Then place that against what God does. I don't think God's against that. I'm not testing God. It's a promise God has made. Like, I'm there for you, in and out. Jesus is, I'm with you till the very end of the age. So, like, here, he's like, let's just ask Baal. Baal. If you don't like this, you do something about this. Yeah, you kill Josh. You, 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 you kill Josh. Yeah, and I mean, we know that God has the ability to do it. God has done it. God does it in Acts, right? The Spirit shows up and and uh, and I Sapphira lie to the Spirit like poof, dead. 
So God is not unfamiliar with this idea, but Baal's failed the two tests that we see in Scripture of defending himself. Mm -hmm. And so I find that really interesting that at least at least someone's backing up Gideon. We know Dexter won't, but at least Joe Ashes. <laughs> at least his dad. <laughs> at least his dad's, his dad's got, got his, got his back. back. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes through all of that, but yet he's not. He's not done. So in verse 33, all the Midianites, Amalekites, people of the east gathered together, crossed over the Jordan, and camped in Jezreel, in the Jezreel Valley. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn, and the Abizrites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, who also came to meet him. And again, in this moment, if you catch it in verse 34, it says that the Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon in order to, to give him the courage to even blow the ram's horn. I wonder what that even battle. looks like. You know? We see that a lot in Scripture. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of the Lord coming upon somebody. Came upon David, came upon Samson. It even comes upon Mary, uh, mother of Jesus. So like, we see that a lot. And uh, I say that it'd be cool to see that. But what we have on this side of the cross is way better. Yeah, We have not coming upon us, but within us and lives there and takes taking up residence in my heart. Uh, but it'd be cool to see like what has happened, what happened to Gideon that people ended up following him when he's the weakest. Like he's one day he's threshing wheat in a wine press, like a pansy. And the next day, you know, or a couple few days later, a whole group of people from different tribes are following him ready to go to battle. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the same thing we see happen in, in Acts, right? When the disciples, uh, the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples, they, they change from scared cowards hiding mm-hmm. to radical followers who now will give their lives for, right. the, for this kingdom. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the Spirit does some amazing things. But even though he does that, even though he has the ability to blow that, that trumpet and people are following him, he's not all in. Getting he's, he's still scared. What and it's, this is I think this is where Dexter just doesn't like him. I'm not looking at him right now, but I'm pretty sure this is it. <laughs> yeah, it just needs more, more evidence that God's gonna back him up. He's been had the Spirit come on him. He's got all these men following him, and yet he's still like, "Hey, God, if you're going to uh, save Israel by my hand, as you said you would." So he's already he knows God told him. He knows it was God. I'm going to save them, but he's still. Uh, needs a little confirmation. Could you uh, please let me know? I'm going to place this wool fleece on the threshing floor, and if there's dew on it, but the ground is dry, then I'll know that you for sure have come. I mean, I know I already saw you take my offering with a fire from a rock, and you helped me with the bale thing, but he ends up I, need, going, I need this little like wet fleece thing. Like, what? Come and he on. ends up going back to the threshing floor where he was first. <sighs> like, yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but Dexter is very so, exasperated by Gideon. <laughs> he raises up. <laughs> Early the next day, squeeze the fleece, wrung out, and there's a bowl full of water. And that's where we get Caleb's favorite nickname for Gideon, the wet blanket. Yeah, Gideon. <laughs> Gideon. The, wet, the wet blanket, <laughs> son Gideon of Joash. the wet blanket against the Midianites. That's his fighter, oh. fighting name. Why can't he be, you know, Gideon the uh, mighty warrior, the son of Joash? So, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. because, because he gets his confirmation and he's good to go. Ready? So now they're going to go fight. No. He needs no. more confirmation. No. <laughs> now they're ready. He's ready. He no. needs he needs no. the reverse. Like Again, apparently, Dexter's wet fleece stain is palpable. In the wet room. fleece on dry ground was not impressive. Let's uh let's see if you can do the opposite. Keep the fleece dry and make the ground wet. And so that night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry, but the ground was covered with dew. And now, finally, 
he's ready to go. This has been Snake on a Stick, and thanks for listening to our discussion on Gideon. See you next time.